Bookie's Bookstore is an underwriter of WXAV 88.3 FM. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue, Bookie's inventory includes new and used books. Bookie's also places orders and pre-orders for books not currently in stock. For more information, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram by searching Bookies Chicago. Support for WXAV 88.3 is being provided by Northwest Community Credit Union, located on campus inside the Graham School of Management. The credit union provides its members with a variety of financial products and services to help them meet their individual needs. NWCCU offers all-encompassing free, online financial literacy modules designed to help students understand financial topics that they will use in their everyday lives. For more information, stop in, visit their website at nwccu.com, or call them at 1-800-2-BELONG. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Debbie Beal, and I'm the director of the Center for Success at St. Xavier University. So glad you're joining us for Career Talks today. We'll be chatting with Dr. Trina Van Skyndel with the Peace Corps. Trina, thank you for joining us. I'm so happy to be here today, Debbie. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So if you could tell us, we'll just start by, um, if you could tell us a little bit about what the Peace Corps is. Sure. So uh, I am a recruiter for the Peace Corps, and I work specifically uh, with uh, schools and other organizations in the Chicago area. And I am actually also a return Peace Corps volunteer. So I served in the Peace Corps myself. So I'll tell you a little bit about what it was like for me, but also some of the things that uh, you can generally expect in the Peace Corps. So the Peace Corps is actually a federal agency. Um, Sometimes people don't know that we're actually part of the U.S. government. And our mission is promoting peace and friendship. So world peace and friendship is what we focus on. And we do that through these three areas or three goals. So the first one is to partner with the people of interested countries in meeting their need for trained individuals. So that first word partnering is something that's really important for us. All of the countries we work with, the organizations or agencies we work with in those countries, the individuals we work with, it's all through uh, an invitation. So we are focused on working with uh, those individuals. And then the other thing I always like to highlight is uh, to meet their need for trained individuals. So so Peace Corps, part of that um, promoting peace and friendships includes uh, capacity building. So the U.S. citizens who go abroad uh, to serve in the Peace Corps are partnering to specifically help build capacity Um, in these other countries uh, and with these other organizations and individuals. And then the other two goals are kind of complementary. So the first is to promote a better understanding of Americans on the part of people served. So whatever country you go to, whatever community you're living in, um, we really want the, again, the Americans, the U.S. citizens who go abroad to be representative of the great diversity of people we have here in the U.S. and the different beliefs and backgrounds, education, um, characteristics that people have here in the U.S. And then lastly, kind of the reverse of that, 
Um, the third area is to promote a better understanding of other peoples on the part of Americans. So when you finish your Peace Corps service, you're back in the U.S. or wherever you are, um, to be able to talk about the community that you live in, the country you lived in, um, the language you learn, the culture that you experience. Um, so, so being able to share that uh, back to others, uh, especially other Americans, is, is really important. So, so yeah, so that's what the Peace Corps focuses on. And uh, this is so very closely tied to the mission of St. Xavier University, mission of service. And for those that love to travel, um, it seems like it would be a perfect match. Um, and we, we say volunteers, but can you tell us a little bit about some of the benefits and um, what the Peace Corps offers to volunteers while during their service and um, when they return to the States? Yes, of course. So the Peace Corps volunteer positions are 27-month-long positions. Uh, so you receive three months of training, uh, and then you serve for two years. And so some of the ways that Peace Corps um, prepares uh, and also tries to really take care of uh, the individuals who go abroad um, are through uh, some of the training uh, that you receive. So it's really important to learn the language of the country and the community that you'll be in, or maybe sometimes there might be a couple different languages. So like I learned um, Russian, so I served in Ukraine as an education volunteer. Uh, and so they taught both Ukrainian and Russian uh, during our training. And my group happened to learn Russian. And I went to a primarily Russian-speaking community for my two years of service. So definitely learning a new language is a benefit and also really critical to, um, you know, being able to, to serve in those communities. Uh, another thing that you uh, receive during training is a lot of what we call uh, technical training. So I was an education volunteer. So for me... That was a lot of practice with uh, curriculum development and lesson planning, uh, classroom management, uh, co-teaching. So, so being able to uh, have some of that kind of training uh, before, again, going to site and teaching in, in the school that I taught at um, was really important. So it's great to be able to get those kinds of things before you start your service, I think. And once you're in training and also during your service, uh, you do receive uh, what we call a living stipend. So that covers all your basic needs, you know, anything from food to a cell phone to you need to buy a new shirt or a teapot. So, so that's uh, something that you get regardless of where you go. Uh, but it'll be different for each country, of course, depending on, um, you know, what, what it actually costs to live at the same level uh, as the individuals in the community where you're serving. Uh, regardless of where you live, housing is provided. Again, that can look really different. I personally was living in an old Soviet-style um, concrete block um, building uh, where I had an apartment. Um, the other people can live in more traditional huts or, um, you know, other types of apartments or things like that. Uh, but housing is always provided. Uh, another thing that we provide that we think is really important uh, is health care and dental care. So you're fully covered for your dental and your health care, again, during training and during your service. Uh, and then we also uh, offer all different kinds of trainings during your time as a Peace Corps volunteer. So I personally was able to take advantage of grant writing training, of project management training, uh, and of course, continuing language training. Uh, Peace Corps did provide some additional 
funding for me to attend these types of trainings, uh, and some of them with individuals from my community that were also able to come to to the training. So, so that's during service. And then after service, we continue to provide some different benefits. So one of them is what we call a readjustment allowance. And that's $10,000, a little over $10,000 at this point before taxes. Uh, and that is yours to do whatever you would like to help you uh, readjust and settle back into your, your life after Peace Corps service. And then additionally, if you are someone who has maybe had uh, federal loans, there's the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. That's something that you're eligible for uh, during service and then also um, potentially after service. So again, depending if you have some federal loans, you can get some, uh, some assistance there. Uh, and then two things that you're eligible for after service one of them is one year of non-competitive eligibility for any federal job. So whether you want to work for maybe the Department of Education or Agriculture, maybe the State Department, any federal agency, you get that one year of non-competitive eligibility. It gives you sort of a leg up in the hiring process. And then the other thing that you receive eligibility for, and it's lifetime eligibility, is our Coverdale Fellows Program. And that is essentially uh, where Peace Corps partners with, at this point, around 120 different universities around the United States to offer graduate school benefits. So that could be anything from reduced to sometimes fully covered graduate school tuition and fees. So I'll stop there, but I just kind of wanted to highlight the full spectrum of sort of training and before service, during service, and after service. Uh, benefits and, and ways that the Peace Corps does try to, to take care of and, and provide for uh, and keep volunteers safe and healthy. So it sounds like from your experience, well, well you, I just wanted to highlight actually that um, you, uh, into, uh, Peace Corps volunteers do not have to speak the language um, of, of the country they'll be entering, which I think is pretty exciting that they'll have the opportunity to be trained in that area. What are you looking for in the qualities of a Peace Corps volunteer and who should be, who, what type of students you think would be interested in pursuing this kind of, of, of an opportunity? So two basic requirements um, that are going to be the same for every Peace Corps volunteer position are you do need to be 18 years or older. There's actually no upper age limit though, so that's great. The oldest volunteer we currently have serving is 86 years old. Um, but yeah, again, you know, 18 or older is one requirement. And then the other is U.S. citizenship. So you don't necessarily need to be born in the United States, uh, but you do need to have U.S. citizenship to serve. And then beyond that, it does depend a little bit on uh, the position that you might be interested in. Right now, we have over 60 different positions uh, up on our website that you could apply to. Uh, and those get updated every uh, on a quarterly basis throughout the year. I would say, like you said, you know, most positions, you don't have to already know the language. There are a few that might require uh, some knowledge of Spanish if uh, you're interested in going to um, Central or South America. And then a few countries in Africa might have a preference for someone uh, who already knows some French or, or a Romance language generally. But I will say the vast majority of positions, you do not need to already know a language. Uh, and then in terms of sometimes people wonder, you know, do I need to have a specific degree or what about, you know, my work experience? 
So the majority of positions you can qualify for by either having a four-year degree or having five or more years of full-time professional experience, or in some cases, a combination of education and experience. I will say the one exception I always like to point out is the education sector. So all, all positions in the education sector do require that four-year degree. Um, but yeah, those, those are things you know, that people can kind of generally use to try to understand, you know, do I meet the basic requirements? And then in terms of like what kind of a student? So I think for St. Xavier students, I would love to see applications really from anyone, any major, uh, anyone from any major. So we have six different sectors, agriculture, environment, health, youth development, education, and community and economic development but you don't necessarily have to have majored in one of those areas. My undergraduate degree was in international relations and I qualified to serve in the education sector because I had been working part-time as a tutor. I'd also been volunteering uh, as a kind of conversation partner uh, and a volunteer teaching English in my community and on campus. And I'd worked at some summer camps <laughs> full-time uh, doing uh, some different kinds of internships during my undergraduate studies. Um, so we definitely want to see uh, people from all different majors. And again, whatever you do through work, through volunteering, um, maybe uh, associations or student organizations you're involved in, those are all things we really want to see on your application and your resume. Uh, and then lastly, of course, anyone who's had experience already serving in their community, volunteering, those are the types of individuals that would do, I think, really well in Peace Corps, as well as those who've had some leadership experience, you know, experience dealing with some maybe ambiguity, right, or, or really having to exhibit flexibility, um, because I think anyone who's been abroad knows sometimes you are in situations, right, you're in places where you just have to go with the flow and, and see, you know, how you can work through like surprising situations. Uh, so I think that those are some just sort of, you know, general characteristics that we'd love to see from uh, any, any St. Xavier students. Well, that sounds like a great segue into talking a little bit more about the application process. Um, is there anything else that you can add that students should know about the application process and the timeline? Yes. So I think I mentioned before, we do update our openings on our website on a quarterly basis. So just to kind of give an example of what that looks like, um, I personally applied in uh, by January 1st, which is one of our deadlines that's coming up. We have a January 1st deadline. Um, and those are uh, the deadline for positions that are leaving uh, to go, uh, individuals will be going to their country of service between July and September of 2024. So like I personally applied in January uh, of my senior year, and then I left in September, uh, so about nine months later, uh, to serve in Ukraine. So in general, we recommend trying to start looking at the website, um, you know, thinking about types of positions you might be interested in about nine months before you would actually like to be departing for service. It is an online application. Sometimes people also wonder, is there a fee? There's no fee to apply. Uh, and part 
of that online application that are really important and that recruiters like myself can help with are your resume and what we call a motivation statement. So again, that resume, we really want to hear about all your experiences. So it might be different than a job uh, resume uh, that you're preparing in that we really want to see uh, any sort of volunteer or service experience you have with uh, you know, student organizations, anything that you think might be relevant uh, to the types of positions you're interested in with the Peace Corps. And then the motivation statement, of course, you want to hear why you're interested in Peace Corps, you know, what sector it is, uh, maybe what position it is you're interested in, uh, maybe what country or region you're interested in. And we also want to hear about what is it that you have thought about in terms of some of the personal challenges you might face serving as a Peace Corps volunteer. And then how have you thought about how you might overcome those challenges? And so that might be something like homesickness. I know that's something I definitely experienced when I was a Peace Corps volunteer. I served right after college and it was hard to be abroad for two years. So, so struggling with homesickness was one thing that I personally experienced. But of course, you know, anything that you think might be a, a personal challenge for you, uh, we'd love to hear about that and how you have developed skills uh, and, and capacities to help you work through those challenges. And then beyond that, there are a couple things that are unique to uh, Peace Corps. So we do also want to make sure that the volunteers who go to serve are able to serve uh, and be healthy. So we have a uh, what we call clearance for your health that you would need to go through. And then we also, because we are a federal agency, have what we call a uh, legal clearance. And so that's just something as simple as getting fingerprinted and a very simple background check. So, so just it's just important to be aware that those are a few things that are maybe a little bit more unique than other types of jobs that students might be interested in applying for. And then lastly, I almost forgot to mention this, so recruiters, in addition to being able to help students with developing their resume and their motivation statement, we can also help you with interview prep. So that is another part of the uh, application process. And if there's, you know, any questions you might have at all beyond <laughs> those things, recruiters are always happy to jump on the phone, uh, reply by email, and get in touch with you to help answer those questions. Just one last question um, for those that may be interested, but still a little bit nervous or skeptical about the idea of going to a, a foreign country. Um, you talked a little bit about housing, but can you tell us what the typical a typical day might look like, or sort of the life of a Peace Corps volunteer? Yes, so I'll I'll talk a little bit about what some of my days look like. So I worked in a school. Just, you know, in terms of what my, my work portion of my day looked like, uh, you know, I would get up, uh, make myself breakfast. Usually um, in, in Ukraine, it was really important to boil the water to make sure that it was safe. So I would always boil water in the morning and then I would mix together typically hot chocolate and coffee, <laughs> which was my favorite. Um, pick me up in the morning, you know, maybe make myself some eggs or something like that, uh, and then head out to school. And then just like teachers here in the United States, I had classes that I taught, lessons that I was teaching. So I spend most of my um, morning and early afternoon in the school. 
teaching classes, sometimes hanging out in the teacher's room between classes. And then I always ate lunch in the school because I'll be honest, I was not a great cook before I went into the Peace Corps. So I appreciated that um, the lunch ladies were able to make some delicious soup and bread. And honestly, I would always take the snacks they had for the mostly little kids, which included milk or juice and cookies. (laughs) I would usually um, ask to have those too. So yeah. And then once school ended, I was able to, you know, have some free time during the school year. Some days I used that to run after school clubs. I did, I was able to work with my students some more and also some of the teachers in my school who are interested in further developing their English language skills. So sometimes I did that after school. I happened to live a 30-minute walk from the Black Sea and the beach. So if it was nice weather, sometimes I might walk down to the beach and just, you know, hang out, enjoy, you know, being out in nature there. And then a couple other things that I got to do um, that I learned about actually through my students that helped me connect to some of the adults in my village were once a week, the old, like retired gym teacher would bring out a volleyball net and a volleyball and set it up in one of the parks in the village that I lived in. And so I would go and play volleyball. Uh, and that was mostly with a lot of like the men, the dads in the village, uh, but that was really fun. And then the other thing I got to do was take belly dancing lessons because one of the um, mothers, one of the moms um, of one of my students uh, taught belly dancing both to students and then uh, some of the, my fellow teachers and some of the other moms um, of, of my students. So yeah, that was, uh, those were just some fun things that I would do, you know, in the late afternoons and evenings, just to, yeah, have a, a chance to get connected to my community. Um, and then the other thing I'll mention briefly, in the summers, when I wasn't teaching at the school, one of the great things I got to do was travel all over Ukraine, because I got to partner and work with other Peace Corps volunteers and some of the Ukrainians that they were working with to host summer camps. So I typically was doing at least one summer camp a month during the summer, uh, and I was there for two summers. So I really got to travel all over Ukraine and meet Ukrainians um, from all different parts of the country through working at these summer camps. So that was a really great um, opportunity I had in the summers as an education volunteer. So yeah, this, you know, depending what sector you're in, you know, what your position is, your day-to-day might look a little different, but I think, you know, at least part of the day is going to be just taking care of yourself, right? (laughs) Making sure you're getting fed. Um, Part of that day is going to include, you know, whatever project you're working on, um, spending some time on that. And then, of course, we want you to spend some time getting to know your community, um, making connections and getting to do things for fun, right? That help you um, be you know, a happy and healthy person uh, in your community as, as well as get to know people in the community. So I think generally speaking, every day for every volunteer includes at least a little bit of, of some of those three things. Thank you so much for sharing that. For individuals that may be interested in pursuing this, um, what are the steps that they should take? Is there a website? Is there a a phone number? How how would they move forward? 
So we definitely recommend checking out our website, peacecore.gov. So that's .gov. There's a big red button uh, in the upper right-hand corner that says apply. So if you click on that, um, and then it'll take you to a link where you can see what the current openings are uh, for Peace Corps volunteers uh, to serve in the coming months. So that's definitely one way that you can learn a little bit more. Of course, there are individuals like me, recruiters for the Peace Corps, and we're actually based all over the country. Um, I happen to be here in Chicago and specifically uh, working with students from St. Xavier. So I would always be happy uh, to connect with students. I know Debbie, you have my email, my phone number. <laughs> so you are welcome to pass those along to any students who'd like to connect with me. And the other things that um, sometimes we might do is have in-person events, uh, maybe uh, invitations to a kickoff party. We had one of those earlier this fall where we invited both people who were considering Peace Corps and those who had been recently invited to serve as a Peace Corps volunteer, as well as Peace Corps, return Peace Corps volunteers uh, in the Chicago community to come together uh, and to just, you know, network and get to know each other. So, so those can be a great opportunity as well, some of those local in-person events here in the Chicago area. And then lastly, we actually do have a great team of recruiters that work on virtual events. So again, if you go to our website, um, check out the events tab, that's where you can see um, all sorts of different upcoming events. So yeah, there's a lot of different avenues. Um, uh, again, I'm always happy to help direct people too if they're <laughs> maybe having some trouble figuring out where to start. They can always start with me. Okay, thank you once again. Thank you so much for your time. We want I want to thank our listeners, and they can also get in touch with me at, or and my staff at the Center for Success by emailing us at centerforsuccess at sxu.edu. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, wxav.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.